This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, October 9th, 2017. I'm back from a year hiatus, way longer than I anticipated, but life gets in the way. For those of you that don't know, August 2016, there was a devastating flood that hit my city and my family, and I lost everything. As a result, the podcast was put on hold while we recovered. But a friend of mine that was affected by Katrina told me that it takes two years to fully recover and get back on your feet. So like I said, I'm still in the process of recovering, but I kept getting guest submissions from people wanting to promote things, not only from people in the Plus community, but publicists were hitting me up as well. And I was like, you know what? Who knows when everything will get back to normal. So I just got to give the people what they want. So here we are. And I want to send prayers to everyone listening, currently recovering from hurricanes in Texas, Florida, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. I literally know what you're going through, and we'll all get through this together. Now, let's get down to some business. The Shanice Lewis Show is an official sponsor of the I Got Curve Appeal Beauty, Fashion, and Wellness Convention, sponsored by Project Curve Appeal, happening this weekend, October 13th through the 15th in Atlanta, Georgia. The event is a three-day empowerment weekend for plus-size women with which includes workshops, a fashion show, the Curvy Girl Slay magazine launch, and a Curvy Icon Award Dinner honoring today's guest, Gwen DeVoe. For tickets and more information, visit projectcurveappeal.com. Now, today we have a very special guest. Gwen DeVoe is a former freelance plus model turned fashion event producer who devotes her time to mentoring and developing young women interested in the plus size modeling and entrepreneurship. In addition, in an effort to ensure that plus size fashion brands and its aficionados receive equal airtime and tasteful recognition in the fashion industry, Gwen has been instrumental in creating a number of platforms for the plus size community. In addition, Gwen is also the creator and executive producer of Full Figured Fashion Week, an annual presentation of the fashion industry's finest plus models, designers, retailers, boutiques, and businesses with products that services for the plus community. The event, held as one of the industry's most legitimate gateway for plus fashion and a must-attend for anyone involved in the industry, has received both local and international press coverage ranging from the front page of the New York Times to Forbes.com to the New Yorker and everything in between. Production has already begun for the event's 10-year celebration in 2018. Let's welcome Gwen to the show. Hi, Gwen. Hi, Shanice. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for being my first guest as I come back. Oh, I love that. You know, we love a comeback over here. We love it. Welcome back, Shanice. I'm sure <laughs> everyone you. has missed you during your one-year hiatus. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Now, how excited were you when you heard you were receiving the 2017 Curvy Icon Award? I was very excited. You know, um, if you know anything about my background, I have received uh, several awards um, from the PLUS community, and I am grateful for everyone because, as you know, it is sometimes hard to remain relevant in any industry. And so anytime right. I am honored um, at an event or I receive an award uh, from the PLUS community, I am always grateful and humbled by it because, you know, it just lets me know that the work that I'm doing is still being recognized. So I'm grateful. And I have a special message for you from the Project Curve Appeals leaders, Bev, Yolanda, <laughs> and Shanta. They told me they wanted to tell you we are so honored to honor you and appreciative for your kindness towards us and the advice you have given us. Our event will be small, but our hearts are big. Thank you in advance Aww. for gracing us with your presence. Oh, how nice is that? Oh, my God. See, it's it's things like that, comments like that, you know, that really, really, you know, I do a lot of stuff. I mean, I know that we all have our little social media uh, followers or whatever, but, you know, like you, Shanice, I can't put everything that I do on social media, else we'd be on there all day. But I'm just, you right. know, people inbox me, they ask me for advice or whatever, and I just, I kind of give from my heart, you know, I have a reputation for, be a, for being a little bit of a toughie, um, and that's just yeah. who I am, but anybody, most of the time, when you approach me with a sincere heart, and I know that what you're trying to do is good, particularly for the PLUS community, I just go ahead and I give freely, so I'm very, very grateful for the two of them for that very, very special recognition. Yes. Now, let's rewind a little bit, and let's talk about how you started in the industry as a freelance PLUS model. Now, how did you even discover the PLUS community, and tell me around what year this was. Oh, Lord, I should have did my homework. <laughs> um, uh, in terms of how did I start, so my background really is in event planning. We didn't call ourselves event planning back in the day. I was a party promoter. I promote. I was one of the first female uh, party promoters in New York, and my partners and I, we were popular promoters of the NFL and the NBA parties. So we did all the sports parties, um, uh, football players like Rodney Hampton, you name it. We would do all their birthday parties and, and anything that had to do with sports. So that's basically how I got my start. But what now, happened was this was, in the 80s or the 90s? Uh, this was, oh, my God, this was even before the 90s. This was probably the 80s, Shanice, the 80s, because okay. I have flyers to prove it. <laughs> And what happened was the group sort of people, there were four of us in the group, and we sort of broke off to do our own thing. And so I started doing my own parties, which was very, very successful. And then one night, one night, uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, um, a group that I had hired to perform, they didn't show up. And so people had paid a higher level of money for their ticket. They had paid a higher ticket price. And so I literally had to pull girlfriends of mine 
from the audience or the group of partygoers that attended the party and asked them to do an impromptu fashion show. And that's literally how I started doing fashion shows. Just like that. Oh, wow. Yep. So... (laughs) So when did you decide you wanted to transition from just, you know, party parties to full-blown fashion shows? Well, I, you know, the thing is, is that I didn't, the transition was actually a little bit different. I kept doing the party thing, and then I would add the fashion shows to my parties because people seemed to enjoy it. But where I really got my start was the other male promoters in the city, they started to hire me uh, sort of like um, an act, if you will, to do fashion shows at their parties. So I did a few fashion shows for my parties, but where I really, really became popular was doing uh, fashion shows for other people. And after doing that for a number of years, there were very few promoters that actually wanted to pay me and the models to do these these shows. And so I started thinking, oh, my God, you know, if I can do this for them and not get paid, what if I just upped my game and did the fashion shows and incorporated the fashion shows into my own, uh, my own event but on a larger scale? And that's exactly what I did. I started, stopped doing fashion shows for the male promoters because they were paying me very, very, very little. And every year or so, I wanted to uh, increase my rate so that I can give the girls sort of like a raise, if you will. And they didn't want to do that. It was too, you know, they were like, oh, diva, you're going really deep in our pockets. That was my nickname back then. Oh, it's too much. So I just left them alone. And I started doing my own events. And my own runway shows. That's how I started. And some people listening might not know that before Full Figure Fashion Week came about, you already had several successful events under your belt. Oh, yeah. Lots of events. Like I said, my, you know, me producing Full Figure Fashion Fashion Week, uh, I call Full Figure Fashion Week my big break. But one of the reasons why I was successful, so successful at it was because I was already doing or producing events and fashion shows on a smaller scale. I just happened to step out there on faith and try to make this Full Figure Fashion Week a huge platform. Luckily for me, I already had a name, um, a small name in the industry, but when it came to someone putting on a fashion week for plus sizes, I already had a name in the industry. So it wasn't like out of the blue, out of the ordinary for me. And it was, it was occasionally said, if anybody could do it, Gwen can do it. So thank God. Now, when you first set out to do Full Figure Fashion Week, did the initial concept and vision you had change and evolve as the years went by? Um, I think the the concept remained the same. Uh, The only thing that changed was I honestly did not really think that Full Figure Fashion Week was going to take off. Um, as soon as it did. I didn't have a plan for the future. You know, I just went to regular, um, the regular New York Fashion Week and was sort of dismayed and disappointed that, number one, there were no plus-size models. I had never been to New York Fashion Week. So in my mind, because I had already been in the plus industry for so long and because I never went to New York Fashion Week, I didn't know that, you know, we weren't invited to the party. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So when I got there and I'm like, okay, there's no plus there are no 
plus-size models, but certainly I can buy some of the clothes. And when I found out I couldn't purchase any of the clothes, not because I couldn't afford it, simply because they didn't come in my size, I found that to be um, unbusinesslike and sort of ridiculous. So it was just me, like you just said, that's why I giggled when I heard your intro. It was me um, giving the people what they want because I figured this is kind of ridiculous. Um, Plus-size women, the plus-size industry itself is a billion-dollar industry. We spend so much money on beauty and fashion. Why are we being excluded? So I just, you know, I kind of thought it might be a one-shot deal or maybe two years, three years. I was terribly wrong. Now, it's interesting to hear you say that because I interviewed you years ago before Mm -hmm. the very first one. And I remember yes. you saying, oh, I know this is going to be a success, and I know. Yes. So inside you were nervous, but you just faked it until you made it, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. And you can always know that, you know, you're going to be successful if you're confident in what you do. I didn't think it was right. going to be a flop, but I just, you know, at that point, I'm a, right now I'm a smarter business woman than I was back then, you know, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm known, I was known to do these one shot deals or come up with these ideas, but I also back then didn't understand how to plan for longevity. So when full figure fashion, Week started to take off, I had no idea, well, what's next? And so what's next was you just keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it until you get more sponsors and more sponsors and more sponsors. So, you know, if I were to give anybody any advice, I remember when you and I were on this panel in Texas and some of the things that you said rang so true. When you come out the gate, you have to come out the gate correctly. Um, When I started doing Full Figure Fashion Week, I hadn't registered the name. I did none of that, Shanice. I just knew that I wanted to do it. I just knew that the plus community needed to be represented fairly in fashion. That's all I wanted to do. I never knew anything about being a brand. I wasn't trying to build a brand. I was sort of kind of like, you know, giving the thumbs up to people like, yo, we could do this, and we can do it just as big and probably even better than you guys can do in terms of the straight sizes. So I would advise everyone, when you have these concepts, before you start the work, make sure you do all your licensing. Get all of that stuff out of the way first because you never know when a small concept is going to become a huge brand, even though I think brand is the buzzword now. No one is as silly as I was uh, back in the day. (laughs) No. This is interesting. The the next question I have for you, because you said, you know, make sure everything is clear when you start. And I think many women in the plus industry run on passion instead of always knowing all the business protocol that's necessarily to do it, you know, professionally. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. after the success of Full Figure Fashion Week and it took off, you inspired many women and they wanted to imitate your event in their hometown. Some Mm -hmm. even had similar names. Now, are you flattered or are you annoyed by imitation events? Um, I would say in the very beginning I was extremely annoyed. Uh, And I don't, you know, again, it was one, I think I was annoyed because 
I kind of realized that I sort of missed the mark in terms of um, uh, building the brand appropriately. Because remember what I just said, you know, I was probably a little taken aback because now here are other people that could clearly see how successful my brand could be, and I didn't even see it. You know what I mean, Shanice? So I think that, you know, in the beginning, I was really, really annoyed. Now, not so much. I'm kind of flattered. As a matter of fact, I just returned from Germany where um, a colleague of mine who has, who has attended Full Figure Fashion Week for about five or six years in a row, and she has now started her own Fashion Week. She's not calling it Full Figure Fashion Week. It's called Plus Size Fashion Days. But it was the most fabulous runway show overseas that I have ever attended in my life. It was just wow. so particular. It was, it, I tell you, I came back from Germany so inspired, and as she was building her brand, every time a media outlet interviewed her, she would also always mention my name in Full Figure Fashion Week and saying that this is what inspired her. And so, you know, I thought about how many times people try to siphon off the brand or copy the brand, and I think it was more of not that I was, I was clearly I was annoyed, but I think that it was more of a of the way of how people did it. You know, when she started to create that, she inboxed me. We had uh, um, we had Skypes, and she was you know asking for assistance, asking for advice. Um, let me run this. It was just, and and then the other thing is, she didn't name it. She didn't name it Full Figure Fashion Week Hamburg. She wanted her own brand, but she was clear about her intentions, and she said, you inspired me so much. I know that you don't really want to have one of these all over the world, but I just want you to know that I want to do one, and I want to give you credit as the inspiration. That's a very different tone than what right. I had become accustomed to. And so now, I'm, yeah. you know, people that are still trying to do it, um, you know, trying to copy the brand or whatever, I'm less annoyed um, on a personal level, but still kind of peed off on a business level because I do think that there are ways to do it. And, and I've always made it clear that I am not really interested in, in, in duplicating the brand in multiple cities. I think that uh, cities like Los Angeles, New York, and maybe someplace in the Caribbean or maybe even Africa – or Canada or something like that, I think that those are uh, uh, countries and cities that are large enough who people won't mind thinking about fashion on that level. And I also think that as women, we love to take empowerment trips together. People don't mind going to Paris or they don't mind coming to New York or Los Angeles, but I don't think anybody wants to go to Wichita, Kansas for full-figure fashion week. So that would be a local thing. I don't <laughs> I don't want some people. That was a little shade. That was a little shade. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want it to be a local event. I want it to be a national brand, and I want it to be something that is not that easily accessible to you. I want you to see it as a sort of like a retreat, if you will. When people come to New York, they have a great time here. It's terribly expensive. So the fact that we get these hundreds of women that come here every year, that means they, they, they like it. And I don't know if it would, it would still have um, as great an impact if it was in smaller cities. So I think I probably just nah. went off, off what you asked me, but um, I hope no, I answered good. that. That's good. I'm enjoying it. So uh, <laughs> one of the things you mentioned is that um, this lady whose fashion show you just attended, she always said, you know, you inspired her and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she supported you and got inspiration for you. Do you think in general in the plus-size community, we don't really acknowledge and celebrate those who have come before us and paved the way and inspired us? I definitely think um, we are deficient in that area. I mean, a lot of, you know, particularly a lot of the women that I am involved with, we do. We pat each other on the back as much as possible. We try to support each other. We can't support everybody all the time. But I think that most of the women that, um, you know, are – uh, not just in my immediate circle, but those that I network with, they have the same type of of, of um, uh, mindset. You know, um, you know, we'll laugh and say, you know, like like uh, Tanya, the the woman in Germany. I already told her. I said I'm coming back with so many tricks for New York Fashion Week for a full figure Fashion Week, and I have been inspired by your event. So you know. It's not a matter of copying. We are all inspired by something or somebody. But I do believe that it is in good taste, extremely good taste, when you make mention of the person or the thing that you were inspired by and not trying to um, embrace that concept as your own. It's just, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's Southern hospitality. You're Southern, Shanice. You tell me. I mean, it's just, isn't that how you were raised kind of, sort of? Well, yeah, you're supposed to give homage to those who come before you, and, you know, you're supposed to try and work with each other instead of knock each other down. Sometimes people just exactly. try and knock you down, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, Full Figure Fashion Week is coming up on 10 years. A 10-year celebration is in the in production phases. Now, is it too soon to ask about some of the exciting things you have in store this year? It's a little too soon, but I can tell you we are, all of our guests will be members of Team No Sleep because I am going to attempt to do several things that I have not done before. Um, we are in the process of engaging a new PR company, and um, they're full service. So they are going to be advising us on everything. I think that in order to keep Full Figure Fashion Week relevant, during our 10th year celebration, we need to revamp it. I'm all about keeping the event fresh, and that means um, a new topic for discussion, um, new models, uh, new designers, um, and not saying that we're not going to keep some of the old favorites. Um, We're going to try to bring back, one of the things we're going to try to do is bring back all the faces of Full Figure Fashion Week and use them in some manner, Um, bring back all of our our honorees, 
We are going big, Shanice. I mean, big. So, uh, you know, um, I am currently looking for the right venue. Um, I wasn't that pleased with the venue this year because this is the first time um, in the last eight years that we have used a new venue. Um, and I'm just, you know, we, we're, we're, we're at the place now where we're so big that we, we have outgrown a lot of the standard venues um, in New York City, but we're not quite big enough for Madison Square Garden. So I am trying mm-hmm. to get out there and find um, a, a, a trendy venue so that our guests can be comfortable. I'm all about comfort um, in the plus-size community when I'm doing something. I don't want to be cramped. It needs to, it's, you know, the event is in the summer. I need it to be cool. So um, right. that's biggest challenge, believe it or not. It's not trying to find sponsors, but uh, finding venues that can hold all of us um, comfortably. You know? No. Now, in addition to putting on this major event every year, you decide to become a blogger. Now, you have yes. a blog called Mogul Moments, a fashion and yes. lifestyle blog for the mature fashionistas. Now, do you think there is age discrimination in the industry? I do. I do, I do, I do. Um, I think that, uh, you know, okay, so case in point. So I came up with this idea um, that uh, plus-size women needed to be more represented in fashion. Um, But as you always know that most of the models, people stop being interested, and most women stop being interested in modeling after a certain age. Okay, Um, but I've also found that there are other underserved populations that are being ignored as well. So and and people are starting to touch on it, like the big, uh, the big, uh, big and tall male thing. Mm -hmm. That's really popular now. But you also have plus petites. I know a couple of the organizations and there are companies that have started to do, you know, uh, events just for plus petite or they're starting to add them as models. But I don't see many people thinking about the aunties, the fly aunties, the fly mommies or whatever, you know, women that are in there. I'm not even talking about 40s because, you know, you could still be fabulous at 40, but what about that 50-year-old, that 55-year-old, that 60-year-old? These are women that have disposable income now, whether it's from alimony or they retired or whatever. (laughs) These are the women that are traveling with their girlfriends, you know, and a lot of them are like me. You know, they're not going to just go ahead and just wear any old thing. They want to be stylish as well. But the thing is, is that a lot of them, they want to be stylish and they want to be tasteful. And and I just feel that, you know, so much of the trends, um, and, you know, and I'm not, you know, obviously everybody knows how old I am. I'm 59. I'm going to be 60 next year, and I'm not your traditional 60-year-old. You know, I like to follow trends. I like to wear things that are exciting, you know. But um, there are some women who prefer the more classic approach. They're not really interested in modeling per se, but they want to look good. And as I've been starting to do my research, they have a hard time finding clothes. There's, like, no middle. Either it's dumpy-dumpy 
or it's hoochie coochie. You know what I mean? Where's the middle ground for women who don't want to wear a mini skirt but just want it at her knee? At her knee right. because she, you know, she's just a classic type of person. And so one of the things that I'm going to do on full, at Full Figure Fashion Week next year, I'm going to hold a special casting for these older divas. And I am going to put my nose to the ground and find fashions for them. They're not going to be dowdy. They're going to be blinged out, hair, makeup, I mean, everything. We're going to kill it. And so that's why I did my blog. Uh, But uh, before everybody goes to mogulmoments.com, once you're listening to this podcast, please know that life took over and I have not blogged in a while. But I'm coming back, Shanice. I'm coming back. Okay, well, it's the year of the comeback. (laughs) (laughs) So just like we talked about age discrimination, lack of diversity is just an ongoing conversation in the plus community. Mm -hmm. Um, We could go and talk about lack of diversity with size, lack of diversity Mm -hmm. with races. So let's, let's break down both of them. So, um, with lack of diversity in sizes. Now, what size models um, does Full Figure Fashion Week use? Do you try and stay within the industry standards, or you try to expand it a little bit? When we first started Full Figure Fashion Week, it was very important for me to come out the gate staying within the industry standards. But then once I got my following and my sponsors and people uh, uh, felt comfortable with the event and knew that it was a, uh, you know, um, a, a well-run event, then we start to play around with the sizes. And then, you know, we have, um, uh, um, uh, we have digressed at, at some point from some of the larger sizes, not because we didn't want to show them, but because the designers that we had booked didn't have those sizes. So what we try to do is when we are producing the show, after we've selected the, the, the sizes or the designers, we make sure there is no designer who's all, all showing sizes 14, no designer that shows all 12. We tell them you need this amount of these sizes, this amount of these sizes, and this amount of these sizes to be in the showcase. So that has worked really, really well for us. Um, and so I think that we've gone up to probably like a maybe a twenty four twenty six. I would have to check in with Sharon, but that's what I want to say, um, kind of off the record because I really don't know. Do you feel that no matter what size models you use, is always somebody that's going to complain? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, it's our nature to complain. Um, you know, and and I think what's happening now is there is a lot of discussion and sometimes angry discussion between the size, po- what is it called, uh, body positivity people and the fashion mm-hmm. people. Um, I think that uh, my personal opinion is that the two are separate. It's like, remember when the pageant people used to have a thing or used to have heated discussions with the fashion people? Oh, pageantry is different from modeling. So I think that that whole thing now is repeating itself with the body positivity groups and the fashion groups. 
Um, body positivity people, for the most part, in my opinion, are not really that concerned with the fashion part of it. They don't want to be models, per se, but they do want the fashions to be available to them in their size, you know. And so right, I've had right. a lot of... I've had a lot of heated discussions and often some debates with members of the um, um, uh, body positivity, you know, uh, groups. And I just kind of, you know, try to remain neutral and not really get into uh, heated uh, debates with them because I do fashion. That's what I do. And I've often been accused of um, not being sympathetic and not being, um, you know, 100% true uh, to the industry um, because I won't put someone that's, or I have not, I wouldn't say I won't, I have not put someone uh, that's maybe like a 28, 30 in full figure fashion week. But people have to remember. One year you had, uh, you had Rosie Mercado one year. I, I, well, you know what though, you're 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 an old soul. You remember that people, you know, a lot of these people that are dealing with this stuff now, who have gotten into the industry, they're brand new. Um, and I just, right. to be honest with you, Shanice, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. So I just let them talk. I just let them talk. And but the, and and even with Rosie, it was really when Rosie was that size. It was difficult for us to find somebody um, or a brand that had clothes to fit her. And when I say fit, I mean a good fit. If somebody's just making some old stitch up and down dress in a size 30 just to put in a fashion show, I'm not going to expose a plus model or someone in our show of a larger size to that. I want her to look just as good as anybody else. In the show, and if we can't make that happen, then we'll stick with the sizes that are available. You know, I can't be the champion of everything. There are so right. many brands now, like Eloquy, um, um, even Monique C. Now, I think she came out with a section of extended sizes. That was not the case a couple of years ago. So we have to work within the confines of what we have. And we have to be really, really careful because we were trying to closely emulate New York Fashion Week. I could not come out the gate, or I did not feel comfortable coming out the gate with sizes 30 and 32 or 28 right then and there. Number one, because the clothes were not available. And number two, we couldn't really find any models back then. That size. Right. There were a lot right. of beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous women that were wearing their clothes really well, but most of them were dressing like that because they had custom people to make their clothes. It's a lot easier now, you know, so we don't have yeah. so many of the ramifications that we used to have. But, yeah, it's a, girl, it's a heated debate all the time. Yeah. And <laughs> then another debate in the industry is about the lack of diversity when it comes to African Americans. Now, mm -hmm. I even had a guest come on this show um, last year or maybe the year before and said that uh, the plus-size community was racist. Now, mm. how do you feel um, as Full Figure Fashion Week has gotten a lot of support, do you feel that um, sometimes uh, your race has hindered you from maybe doing something to the next step or having the opportunity. And I don't even know if I'm phrasing that right. 
But mm-hmm. do you feel like maybe if you were another race, you would have have an easier time maybe? I think, uh, no, I think I would have an easier time if I wasn't who I was. Like I said, to go back to my earlier comment, you know, I, I kind of have um, a reputation for being tough. Um, and I think that um, early on in the game, I probably made some not so great choices in some of the uh, then influencers in the industry um, because I wanted to do it on my own. And I felt that having them involved in Full Figure Fashion Week, uh, they would somehow take it from me because they already had access um, to other influencers and to, you know, and to other, to, I guess, financial resources. And so I wanted to prove um, not just to them but to myself and to my followers that I can do it and I can do this on my own merit. Um, so I don't really, you know, I don't always play the race card all the time because I do know that I can be complex, I can be hard-headed, you know, it's it's a Gwen DeVoe thing. Um, but in terms of diversity and things like that, um, I can tell you that uh, Full Figure Fashion Week has been accused in the past of being an all-black event, which is hmm. not um, I'm an African-American woman uh, born and raised in, um, in, in, in the urban area, if you will. Um, and mm-hmm. so most of the people that know me, um, you know, they are African-American. I mean, I live in New York, and I'm, uh, you know, I was born and raised in an urban area, you know. Uh, so I didn't really have access to um, uh, women who are not women of color until I got older. And, but by then, by the time I got older, my relationships with women of color were so strong, and they just kept multiplying. You know, they're comfortable with me. I'm comfortable with them. And when I got to the point where I was starting to network with women who were not um, African-American, it, it, it wasn't like it was too late, but, you know, it was, it, they came and I made relationships in dribs and drabs, you know. It wasn't as, as plentiful as the women of color. But I think that we got the, the person that said it was Canadian, um, and so I guess she doesn't really understand it. You know what I mean? When you, when you come mm-hmm. from a different place, New York is supposed to be the melting pot. But, you know, in certain areas, we are still a little segregated here. You know, there's yes. a section of, of Manhattan, there's a Caucasian section of Manhattan sprinkled in with some women of, you know, some people of color. There's a, there's a black, there's always been a black section. There's a black section everywhere you go. There's a Mexican section, there's a Chinese section, um, you know, an Asian section. Uh, so, you know, it's where I come from, it's, it's who I am, um, but we have always, always tried to, uh, Sharon and I, when we cast for models, um, we always cast all types of women, all different sizes to be even. And I think, you know, I, let's just be honest. I remember during the days when we used to give out flyers for the casting and we didn't really have such a large social media presence. We would go out and we would give flyers, and I would give flyers, casting notices to uh, Caucasian women, and they would give me the flyer back because they didn't identify themselves as plus size. What is this? Oh, you know what I mean? So, you know, 
I think that, you know, they have not always been as empowered as they are now. So here's this woman of color rushing up to them in the street. Hey, you're a beautiful plus-size woman. I want you to come to my audition and model. Two things, plus-size woman and model who, me? Whereas you give it to a woman of color who, even as a child when she was, you know, round and curvy or whatever and just eating up a storm, and you know what her mother was saying? Keep eating, baby. Keep eating and wash those dishes when you're done. We have always been empowered. We have always been empowered, and the size really wasn't an issue for us. Not all of us, but I don't think right. that that's true in the Caucasian community. So they kind of cut me down. So guess what? When they cut me down, I just, went to the, I just went to the women of color and started building the show that way. And those that were confident enough to join us and come out to the audition, if they were, you know, if they looked like they had some talent that just needed to be developed, Sharon would develop them. And now we have tons of them that fly in from all over the place. We always have a great mixture of of, uh, a great representation of various ethnic backgrounds at Full Figure Fashion Week. Always, always, always. But it was not easy. Now, you said some very interesting things, um, which made me think of this. Do you think there is a difference between the plus-size community and Mm -hmm. the plus-size industry because every time I'm hosting a plus size event or you know attend a plus size event um, by mm-hmm. an independent uh, producer is mostly African Americans the ones mm-hmm. I'm at but as the plus size mainstream industry is always mm-hmm. a Caucasian face that is the face of the whole industry in mainstream mm-hmm. um, do you, do you, you think know, it's a difference uh, between the community and the industry um, I think when you say the industry, that's usually fashion, correct? Mm-hmm. Would you think so? I think that that's fashion probably inter- where I the would say entertainment, entertainment too, because the actors yes. too. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, when it comes to the in- – because most of the women that are in um, what we would call the plus-size movement – I do think that they feel that they're not really part of, quote, unquote, the industry. You know, I used to right. tease and, and make a joke out of um, the different events. Um, and I used to always tell people that there are various levels to the event. So if anybody has, like, one of the large retailers supporting their event, and, I, and this, this goes to what you were saying, that's an industry event. You know what I'm saying? But you mm-hmm. can judge who their sponsors are. So if it's a local little whatever, whatever, whatever event, this is, you know, some of these little brands or whatever that we are not quite familiar with, we didn't really view that event as an industry event. So, yeah, I think there is some truth to what you just said. I definitely do. And do you think that it's problematic that the African-American woman is never the, the mainstream face on television or in the biggest ads? I think, um, yeah, I I think that's a huge problem considering when you have so many brands who are using our influences of color to push their brands. And then once the brand has become recognized, there's no more recognition, like they'll do something really, really special 
all right, with another influencer or another celebrity who's not particularly one of color. They act as if Miss Sidibe is like the only plus size celebrity. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like it's like it's it's as if they can't find anyone else. Um, but I do feel I've been watching some of the occurrences of late, and I do feel that you know they're using us and our influencers to push those brands because they know that the influencers right now have a great voice. Women, right. you know, I can see somebody wearing something uh, tomorrow. Um, and I'm on that website. If they tell me where to get it, I'm on that website trying to get it for myself. I'm literally buying this stuff off people's backs now, you know. Um, and so I do think that there's a big thing now with using influencers, particularly influencers of color, and then when the brand takes off, that's it for them. So I hope my influencers right. are, are charging what they're worth. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Now, what is your ultimate goal as someone who is trying to change culture's perception of plus-size women? Um, well, personally for me, um, I'm going to, and it's, it's sort of already started, I'm going more into public speaking, and I want to speak to, even though my blog is for mature women, I think that we need to start with younger women. You know what I mean? I think that they need to be empowered. Um, there's a lot of, of, of uh, work on social media. There's a lot of activity on social media, and everybody's talking about, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a bad, you know the word, I'm this, I'm that. But when you get down to the deep, 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 soul of people, a lot of them are not as empowered, Shanice, as they want you to think. We're still in domestic violence situations. We are still unhappy with the way we look. They're just, you know, we still, we're still bothered uh, by uh, uh, comments about our weight and that kind of stuff. And I just think a lot of it, a lot of us are faking it until we make it. And sometimes I think that Events are good. Uh, they're good networking. They're good fellowship for older women. But I think that somehow we're still losing our young girls. And I always okay. say that after a certain age, they say you can always teach and, uh, you know, uh, a, a dog can always learn different tricks or however the thing is going. I don't want to call people dogs. But I just think that for me, I want to start to speak to younger women who may not be getting the message that we are getting. You know, um, after you get a certain age, either you, you, you accept it, you accept where you are, sometimes you try to change it, but you're just like, whatever. You know, younger women are really being affected now by some of the things that are happening out there, particularly uh, body positivity. And I, I am not one of the advocates of the whole body positivity. I don't call myself an advocate for that. I just want to be treated fairly, you know. So I don't want people saying, oh, now she's a body positivity advocate. I wouldn't say that. I'm just Gwen, and I just know how it feels when people tear you down. I know what it's like. I don't even know what it's like for people to say mean things about you because you're a fat. That never happened to me. 
That never mm-hmm. happened to me. My body, my, my, the makeup of my body is different. I was always tall. I was always a big girl, but I was always tall. So, you know, you would just, you would never, even in Spanish, when I lived in a Spanish neighborhood, they never called me, I don't know what the word is for fat, but I was always uh, grande, which is more about my height than anything else. But I have been around mm-hmm. young women who are curvy the other way, you know, and I, 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 mm-hmm. I see them. You know, and they're getting their nails done, they're getting their weaves done, they're buying clothes from, you know, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but they're buying clothes for some of the retailers who are trendy for young people. But don't get it twisted. Shanice, they are still sad, and they do not feel like they belong. They mm-hmm. do not long and I don't know whether they're not getting the love at home you know I don't know whether they're not getting the love from their their whoever they're seeing their boyfriend significant others but a lot of people are faking the funk they're really faking the funk and so I just want to divert my attention for just you know maybe two years or whatever and kind of tour and do something maybe on college campuses I just need to I just I just need to do something different I think my little older chicks you little 35, 40, 45, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. <laughs> they have all of these other events to go to, you know. They are fellowshipping. People are getting on planes, going to events, coming back empowered, starting things in their cities. That's great. But I don't see anything for, for like, teens through, like, 22. I don't see any of that. So that's so what I want. So that eventually – you're going to officially end Full Figure Fashion Week and move on to other things? Well, I tried to do that. <laughs> and it didn't work. And it actually worked out very well for me because my presenting sponsor brought me back, and I've been with us for the last three years. Um, I think I now think that instead of just leaving Full Figure Fashion Week and ending it or whatever, Full Figure Fashion Week can go on on its own. You know, with me mm-hmm. just checking in or whatever, but I know to fully um, make this dream that I have to work with younger women a reality, I will not be able to devote um, a lot of time to Full Figure Fashion Week. So I just need to put the right team in place and be confident that they're going to uh, keep that ball rolling. Mm, right. Now, do you have anything else happening that we should know about or we should be on the lookout for? Oh, besides Full Figure Fashion Week and the Curvy Icon event this weekend in Atlanta. Um, no, I got some things coming up. I got some contracts uh, that I need to review and sign. Uh, but, you know, you guys can always catch what I'm doing on social media. I can't talk about some of it yet because it's not in stone. I need to get that signature right. on the line. Uh, but I can tell you. 2018, Miss Gwen DeVoe will turn 60 years old, and I'm going to have the best year ever doing what I love, communing with people, helping people, lending my services, lending my voice. I just want to, I don't know, Shanice, I want to turn up. (laughs) Well, you deserve it. You deserve it. Now, Tell us all of your official websites so we can keep up with everything you got going on. Okay, so as you mentioned, I've launched a blog. And even though the blog 
was directed towards older women. I don't know. I got a whole bunch of young people following the blog, and <laughs> I hope to relaunch it um, in January and put some more. I have a lot of things that I've written and I haven't uploaded it, but that's Mogul Moments. So that's mogulmoments.com. And then, of course, you have the Full Figure Fashion Week, the official Full Figure Fashion Week site, and that's ffsweek.com. And in terms of social media, we Full Figure Fashion Week is everywhere, Instagram, um, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter as FFF Week. Me, personally, if you want to follow my boring life, uh, I am on Instagram. <laughs> At, as Mogul Diva or Mogul Moment, so that's all my personal stuff. And then again on Facebook, uh, Gwen DeVoe, that's who I am. And Shanice got on my case when we were on a panel. I'm going to switch some of that up and condense it a little bit so you guys know how to find me a lot easier. But the business came before I started to realize that I am my own personal brand, so I need to get that together too. Right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Congratulations on your Curvy Icon Award. Congratulations on 10 years of Full Figure Fashion Week. And just congratulations on on everything. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me as your first guest on The Ultimate Comeback. I have no doubt that you're going to finish off 2017 strong. You know what they say about that last quarter. It's always a doozy. So thank you so much for having me, Shanice. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. And don't forget that the I Have Curve Appeal Conference is this weekend in Atlanta, Georgia, where Gwen DeVoe will be getting the 2017 Curvy Icon Award. If you're interested in more information and tickets, visit projectcurveappeal.com. And thank you to my guests this evening for being on the show. I've been your host, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves. And be blessed. You've been listening to the Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.